You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to this edition of the Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I'm your guest host, Rick. I know you uh, probably think that the uh, voice sounds a little different. It does. And this is podcast episode number 1110. I'm, I'm Rick Gerard. <laughs> so if you'd like to learn more about the radio show podcast and Rick's CEO peer groups, visit his company's website at criticalmassforbusiness.com. gives me great pleasure to welcome... Tao Kong, the Managing Director and COO of Alson. Alson is a actually powered by its transformative business model, firm morals, and industry best pioneers. Alson Renewable takes every opportunity to revolutionize and change the way people perceive alternative energy. Tao Kong joins us to discuss uh, how today's politics are affecting renewable energy industry. Tao, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Yeah. So let's start with uh, you sharing an interesting story from your professional path to today. Right. So I always thought that growing a company from start to now and the transformation in what my role is in the company has been really interesting. In the beginning, you are the person that's responsible for doing literally everything. Oh, yeah. And most of your days are spent in the office with your team supporting you. Mm -hmm. So you would do everything, and then you have a team of people that supports you to do whatever you do. And as the company grows, when there are more deal flows, when things get a bit wild, that's when you're not in the office a lot anymore. And that was a really weird moment for me because I on some level I felt like I was not putting in the work I was going around meeting all these investors talking to people having discussions about what happens next instead of sitting in front of the computer all day and it's a different kind of work right it really is yeah raising capital is probably pretty exhausting right so how are today's politics affecting the renewable energy um, industry well there is tremendous support for renewable energy today, especially toward wind and solar. And uh, we see this especially in company ads. Google, Apple, they like to put images of wind turbines. Sure. It makes them look clean, innovative, and great. And people, politicians, also support renewable energy because they know it's a great low-cost solution and it's zero emission. However, at the same time, politics always play in a role that on the federal level, there's political money. Sure. Right. So campaign donation is really, really important. And fossil fuel being an entrenched industry that is threatened by the renewable energy industry outspends renewable energy. Oh, yeah. They've got a team of lobbyists. Right. They do. And... First, at first, uh, about 10, 15, 20 years ago, renewable energy was just a tiny blip. It wasn't really on anyone's radar. It didn't matter. Sure. But right now, we've grown to the size where things start to matter, and we see more targeted campaign against renewable energy, calling it expensive, saying, oh, it's not reliable, it doesn't work. Uh, I often like see a lot of, lot of the... Uh 
kind of smear ads against like Tesla and stuff like that about the batteries and that right. sort of thing. Yeah. So those are, those are definitely what we're starting to see is when a new industry starts to grow and starts to really challenge the entrenched players, we're getting a lot of pushback. And I think politically, what a lot of things are happening are at a grassroots level, right? People actually have access to information today, to sure. the internet. So they know what's a better solution. And people love renewable energy. Yeah. We just need to make sure that our leaders, uh, our politicians also hear that voice, that this is what the people want. This is the next step. So why did you choose renewable energy? And in particular, um, why did you choose wind energy? Well, I chose renewable energy because I really wanted to make an impact. And one of the fundamental problems that I see during my travels to uh, less developed nations is the lack of stable electricity infrastructure. Sure. So uh, you go to places like Iraq, it's an oil producing nation, but they have a problem with electricity. And hmm. the reason being drawing long transmission lines across vast expensive land is very expensive sure. to build and to maintain. And when you're in a less developed nation, when the population is spread out because of farming communities and uh, other communities that are not living in big metropolis like here in the U.S. and more developed nations, you run into a real situation where getting the electricity to people is problematic. Yeah. So they use generators. And those generators are really expensive and they're not very efficient. I so can see that. Renewable energy... <laughs> could solve a couple of that problem. One is you could have distributed solar generation in communities, which you don't need lines anymore, right? You could just have the solar panels and storage and to power a small town. Got it. But, but why wind in particular? Wind in particular for me, it's for, so what our business model is centered around both wind and solar. Okay. And uh, when I first got into wind in particular is because Wind has had a longer history of time compared to solar. Got it. So at the point of entry when I first got in, wind was the proven technology. Solar was still slightly more expensive. Of course, that price has come down a lot, Sure. which then we included into our business model. And both wind and solar is great. Uh, they have their different strengths and weaknesses. For example, when the sun goes down, there is no more energy you, for, for wind you don't have that problem usually True. the wind picks up when the sun go down because temperature changes i like what you're doing i gotta i gotta tell you so you're an active board member with cal wea correct right calwea okay, the Cal-Wea. california wind energy association so what's the um what's the mission of that nonprofit? so the enter the organizations form with the goal of promoting wind electricity generation here in california and as the director of the executive director, uh, Nancy Rader of Cowboya would say, if you're not at the table, then you're food. And, <laughs> right? So what that means is unless right. we are putting ourselves in front of these political leaders and telling them this is the actual statistics, this is the actual data, and this is what we need, they won't know. Got it. Right. So... 
the energy industry is actually very, very heavily regulated. And it requires an ongoing conversation with political leaders to let them know what we need and what's good for the people because there's a lot of complexities. For, for example, yeah. recently we just came out with the, the solar bill that requires every new building to have solar rooftop installed. So the complexity in that is that's great. It's going to let people learn about renewable energy. It's going to propagate more renewable energy penetration. And overall, it's great. But there are technical challenges. And one of them sure. is when you put a bunch of rooftop uh, solar on people's homes, your grid infrastructure is going to run into certain load issues, right? So that that's a conversation the kind of conversation that we have is how do we balance the technical complexities with what people want? Got it. Yeah. So you're solving some of those challenges. Yes. We're speaking with Tao Kong, the managing director, COO of uh, Alson. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, um, we'll uh, talk a little bit more. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I'm your surrogate host, Rick Gerard. All shows can be heard anytime on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Sprecher.com, and hundreds of former guest websites whose CEOs have appeared on the show. Since 2009, when the show started reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream, podcasts, and other platforms. Simply type Critical Mass Radio Show in your podcasting software to find our weekly show. So I'd like to return to our interview with Tao Kong, the Managing Director and COO of Alson. So let's get to the, the next question, which was, you know, you, you argue that renewable energy is the cheapest energy source on a levelized basis. Can you take us through the math? Yeah, and, and that's a surprise to a lot of people. When sure. I tell people, hey, renewable energy is actually the cheapest, they always make that no way face because the media has been portraying renewable energy as more costly, but it's a good thing to do, right? Sure. That's actually not true. So according to EIA data that was published in 2017, the mm -hmm. average cost for wind and solar is about $49 per megawatt. Okay. And the other cheapest source is combined cycle 
natural gas, which also sits at about $49, uh, depending on the price of the actual natural gas, right? Got it. So there are three main portions of cost to any energy infrastructure, and that's fixed capital costs, a fixed uh, O&M cost, and a variable O&M cost. What so, is an O&M cost? So O&M cost is for operation and maintenance, right? Okay. You, you, the fixed cost is uh, the people that runs the plan, the equipment that you need to repair these things and to uh, how much it will cost to actually keep it operating. Sure. And the variable portion of that is, for example, for your coal and natural gas is how much uh, natural gas is costing today. So, Which is how much? Uh, I am not too okay. sure, but it's pretty. The market is pretty cheap nowadays, right? Because this is a commodities futures market, and natural gas. Ever since we had the whole shale gas uh, here in the U.S., natural gas has been pretty cheap. But sure, that means there's nowhere to go but up, right? So you, we have to prepare for the eventual scenario where the cost of natural gas do rise. Yeah. And what happens then? So even in today's market, the actual cost of wind and solar is less expensive than natural gas or coal. Coal actually costs somewhere over $120. It's not because of the additional cost we tag onto it, but in America, we don't have good transportation for coal oh, we truck it. it yeah in china it's really cheap because their railway system is great yeah we don't have that in america yeah we don't have a great railway system. right so <laughs> unless you live next to a a, a coal mine your coal is going to be really expensive to truck all over the place got it right okay so explain to our audience how um as your firm grows you are ensuring that it remains nimble in thought and organization right so I think three things are really important. One, one being the systems and protocols we put in place. Okay. The second is the hiring process, and the third is the decision making. So, what I mean by that is, any company that wants to grow in a certain size, there needs to be systems and protocols that's put in place. People need to know exactly what their role is and what they need to be doing. And when they run into things, they have a guidebook that they could refer to. Hey, this is approximately what you should be thinking about and what kind of decisions uh, you should probably make. Absolutely. Right. And the okay. second one is the hiring process, right? So what I notice is no one ever gets better than their first day or first week, right? It's always, sure. al almost always when your employees come in, it's the downhill slope from there, right? <laughs> so like the first day is going to be their best day. Absolutely. Right. And uh, before we didn't really have a hiring process in place, we just kept getting people that seemed pretty good and okay. And how'd that work out for you? Well, not very well. Yeah. Because people are difficult. Like they could come really <laughs> excited on week one, and then by week three, they're checked out. See, I'm gonna bite my tongue here because that's what I do uh -huh. for a living is is executive search and talent acquisition. So <laughs> I'll stick to Rick's script. <laughs> and then your third piece. Right. And so. The third piece is the decision making. So sure. a lot of times when we start getting a lot of deal flows, I may not be able to get involved in every decision making. And the worries of employees are always, hey, if I make this decision, am I going to be held responsible? Is my job security on the line? Got it. Right? So that's what holds a lot of people back from making great brave and innovative decisions sure. so what i tell my people is listen if i'm the bottleneck and you can't reach me just make the decision and i'll take responsibility for it encourage them to fail forward right yeah 
because I can't realistically be the bottleneck and still have everything run smoothly. If sure. I have to make every decision, big or small, then nothing ever gets done, right? Sure. But people, in order for them to be able to make decisions, they need to know that they're not going to lose their job over it. That is, that's a key point. I mean, that's very, very important. Right. So author Michael Gerber says CEOs must spend their time working on on their business and not just in their businesses. So can you share with our audience, what do you spend time outside of your business and how do your leaders learn new skills? Right, so two things, that continually reading is really, really important. Sure. And what I notice is a lot of people read a lot of books, but they don't ever apply it. Sure. So. They will read and they'll be like, oh, I'm done with this book. It's great. And you ask them, oh, what are the key points in the book? And they will be able to tell you. And then you observe them and they don't put it in practice. And I've always been curious, why do people do that? And for me, I'm not quite sure. Because whenever I, I read a piece or learn new things, I try to apply it to see what happens, right? Sure. I guess the difficulty or the challenge, the challenge is that you don't know if you do this new things or new habit, new behavior, what's going to happen. Sure. And that's scary. So apply what you read. That's really important. And the second one is mastermind group. I, I think mastermind groups are wonderful things because it brings people that are high performers from different walks of life, a different age group, different fields together. And sometimes you get things that just you'd never even thought about yeah before ever it gives you a different perspective and allows you yes. to uh really gain insight into other things that might work right and that those perspectives really helps to keep your mind fluid yeah right like the fluidity is so important because if you have one perspective and that's it you're not willing to take any others then that's not good because you're stuck with only your perspective you're yeah. not thinking about what's what are the other possibilities? Can you share your, your core philosophy that you use to lead and grow your firm? So the way that I think about it is always think big and far. And when you do, do it fast and detailed work. Ooh, explain. So I notice that when I talk to my friends and peers, sometimes people get into this habit of thinking realistically. Sure. And what they mean by that is, hey, if I do something that's small, it's less likely to fail and have more control over it. Well, that's not necessarily true because a $1 million business will probably cost you the same amount of energy as a $100 million company. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And people like to go for the $1 million one because they think it's easier. It really isn't that much easier, right? It's just that the $100 million version, there's going to be more challenges sure and you learn along the way so you got to plan far sure you can't be like oh i want to make quick money i just want to make a million dollars in six weeks right and the other portion <laughs> of that is when never you, sustained right and yeah. when it comes to actually doing people get stuck with indecisions yeah like don't just do it do it fast but don't blindly do it do detailed work do your research first and then make the decision and just do something and you will learn along the way. I love that. 
So um, we're just about out of time. How does somebody get in touch with you to learn more about uh, Elson? Right. So we have uh, the company website that we have is Elson Renewable. Can you spell it? Yes. It's A-L-C-E-N and then Renewable, R-E-N-E-W-A-B-L-E. <laughs> you got uh, it. Yeah. Dot com. Yes. Okay. And uh, well, perfect. So I encourage you guys to uh, check out his website. Tao, thanks for being a show. I mean, thanks for being a friend <laughs> yeah, of the show. Thanks for being a show. <laughs> <laughs> thanks for being a friend of the show today. I really appreciate you being on. Um, and welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So our engineer for today's show was Paul Roberts. Our producers for with whom we could not do the show are Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. I would ask you to connect with L Rick Franzi on LinkedIn. Uh, his latest book, Killing Cats Leads Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. Until the next show, I hope all your business decisions will move your company forward in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi.